Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this episode, we're going to talk to the startup that's going to help students find the perfect college course for them. From there, they could maybe join the UCC Sprint Accelerator Programme. We'll hear about what they're taking in this year. And Good for the Soul, the cafe that's traded through the crisis and is looking to the future with a little brightness in their day. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, we like to revisit companies that we've talked about before that have gone on to grow and do bigger and better things. And one of the startups we've touched on before has been a company called Uni. Now, what they do is they take what a student is, who they are, and what they might like to do, stick it into an algorithm, and then tell those students what the best college course would be for them. The purpose of the exercise is so they don't end up doing something that they absolutely despise. You know the kind of things that people end up studying. Dara Lucy is the co-founder of Uni. He's with me now. Dara, how are you? Jonathan, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. Uh, I'm presuming I've, I've absolutely butchered your entire concept with a very poor command of the English language, but that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what, Jonathan? You actually did a very, very good job, believe it or not. So yeah, that is exactly <laughs> what we do in a nutshell. Uni, what we're here for really is we're a resource to help students find their dream college course. Um, so the platform at the moment for any students or parents or even guidance counsellors that might be interested, basically what we do is we allow students to research thousands of courses. We allow them to calculate their predicted CEO points. Uh, and we also tell them whether they're eligible or not for certain courses using our back-end technology. They can fill out a mock CAO form to make the, the real thing less scary, I suppose. And they can do all that for free. And um, more than that, we also offer students the opportunity to connect with guidance counsellors for one to one sessions. And it's all virtual um, in the times that we're in at the moment. You know, it's very, it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen. So we're mm. doing all of that online. Uh, and then more than that, our key offering, as you describe, um, is our assessment technology. Um, okay, so let's let's dive into that a little bit because you you rolled this out um, for the class of 2020 in a very limited capacity, didn't you? Exactly. So back in March of 2020, what we wanted to do really was test the software. Um, so like the whole idea spurred from myself and Nathan were both engineers. Uh, we both love data and machine learning and AI. So we came up with a concept that we could use, say, past graduates and their information and then use that to match present students with courses based on uh, how successful they'll be academically. Um, now, in a nutshell, what that basically is, is that back in March, we got students to give us their Leaving Cert subjects and predicted grades. And from there, we were able to recommend them courses that they were suited to. Um, now, moving on six months from that, we've, we've developed the technology even more. And what we're calling it, Jonathan, is we're calling it a student's uni fit. Um, so a uni fit is a percentage uh, that determines how suited you are to a course or not based on your academics, based on your interests and based on your personality. Um, so once a student comes onto the platform, we, we make them fill out three different tests. Um, and what we do is we get to know them quite well. They, they fill out their academic, our academic information. They fill out uh, a pretty long questionnaire about their interests where we determine whereabouts they would like to be in their career. And then from there as well, we also get them to fill out a questionnaire where we determine their personality. 
Um, okay. From there in, in the back end, the magic happens. And what we do is we recommend them courses in every college in Ireland. Mm. Um, and we tell them why they're suited to the courses and what they should be thinking about if it is a course that they'd like to do. Okay, well, algorithms now, they've gotten a bit of a bad reputation in the last week or so, uh, as you might imagine. How how accurate (laughs) is this? And is it very much dependent on what the student puts in at the front end? Absolutely. So the way we've designed these tests is that it's completely unbiased, Jonathan. So like all of the data that we have, we've partnered with UCC with the data sharing agreement. And what that effectively allows us to do is to look at success patterns in previous graduates who performed well in uh, in their college courses and then from there what we can do is we can link that back to the students of today um, now with regards to this algorithm what we've done is we've incorporated the kind of the modern ai side of things but we've also built this in tandem with guidance counselors so blending the kind of traditional guidance methods with this new technology um, we really feel like this is something that will be of huge value to students. Um, we know this from the students that have gone through the platform already because um, we launched it in March and we were helping students, particularly in the kind of Cork area, to help them choose their college course. And it was extremely successful. We were really, really happy with the results. Um, students from across the, across the county and, and further afield as well. Um, we're very, very Does it not just end it. up with everyone saying they want to do medicine? I mean, it, like, wouldn't that be the uh, the overestimation of the average 18, 17 year old that uh, I'm that good? Oh, sure, look, I, I'll end up doing medicine. Well, I tell you what, Jonathan, the coronavirus would be far less of a problem if that was uh, the case. <laughs> but um, no, so that's not really how it works. What, what we've also done to kind of test the feasibility of, of the technology and the alg- algorithm is that we've gotten plenty of students who have already gone through college and have already gone through courses like once like students will find once they've gone through college they might have a better idea looking back what courses might have suited them better or if the course they did was actually suited to them or not um, and the majority of the time the courses that um are recommended to these students are either the courses that they did or sorry courses that they've done or courses that they would have liked to have done um, because it's very difficult and everyone knows that choosing a college course is difficult, never mind doing it in the middle of a leaving cert. Um, so yeah. one of the main things that we're very conscious of is that students have very limited, um, they have limited time and we want to try and make it as easy and as efficient as possible. Now, you, you mentioned the stress that the students are under, and that's fair enough, right? And it's, it's a particularly stressful time. Parents here, I mean, let's talk to mum and dads because uh, there's probably not that many 18-year-olds listening. Uh, mom and dad will end up pouring money down the drain if little Timmy or little Mary ends up on the wrong course. Um, this is potentially saving money um, if you're identifying that, yes, he does think that archaeology is a bright future and he can see himself digging into the Egyptian pyramids uh, but realistically he's going to end up in a bog in West Clare digging up a, a dead fella from a thousand years ago. Uh, you know, you is that a personal experience? <laughs> not particularly <laughs> but you could nearly sense that I, I, have, yeah. I have a bias. But So the parents are the real ones who are going to benefit here aren't they? Exactly, 100%. I mean, like, look, this benefits the parents just as much as it does the students. Like, in Ireland alone, and this is a global problem, really, like, there's 14% of students drop out of college in first year alone. And if you span that out over the entire year, one in four students that come into college don't end up finishing uh, the course that they come into. 
Um, now, our research shows, and that research from the HEA also shows, that about 60% of these dropouts happen because students have chosen the wrong course. Now, obviously, there are other external factors too, but that's the kind of area that we're really honing in on. Um, like, as a collective parents in Ireland, they're losing nearly 20 million euro every year because of dropouts. Um, now, with regards to the entire educational journey that you send your child through from um, from junior inference, infants all the way up to in maybe doing a bachelor's degree, that can be up to 40 or 50,000 euro. Um, so the way we're looking at it, you know, 49.99 to kind of do all you can to make sure that they're going into the right college course in the first place is a drop in the ocean in comparison to okay. um, the entire educational journey that a student yeah, I, 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 it's, it's fair to say it's not a bad investment when you put it that way. How do people <laughs> access it? And the, of course, it's open to everyone now who is in the class of 2021 to, to stick it in. And even at this point now, when they're only starting out properly uh, on it their is. sixth year, um, how do people access it? So people can go on to our website. So it's www.uni.ie, and that's Y double O N I. And then from there, we guide you through the entire process. You'll be brought to the portal. You can create a, uh, a free account, uh, and then from there, you can use uh, our recommendation software and connect with guidance counselors thereafter. Uh, okay, Darren Lucy for people in fifth or sixth year as well. Okay, Dara Lucy, co-founder of uni.ie. Pleasure. Thanks for talking to us. I don't have to worry about the Leaving Cert myself this year, but uh, at least I know that there is help for me when I do get there in a couple of years' time. Thanks for talking to us, Dara. Thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Coffee shops were hit particularly hard uh, during COVID-19. A lot of them simply didn't reopen, particularly in the UK. But Irish businesses seem to have been taking this crisis a little more differently. And the team at Good for the Soul in Ballincollig are very positive about the future. Sarah Cotter is the owner. She's with me now. How are you doing, Sarah? Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. I mean, I'm underselling you, calling you a coffee shop because you're a very big cafe. Uh, And uh, (laughs) how have you been trading through the crisis? Yeah, I guess, Jonathan, like everyone, we were, yeah, we were pretty gutted when when the news came um, in March of of obviously the global pandemic. um, And we had to shut our doors on the 14th of March. Um, But I guess like everyone else, we just, we did what we had to do. Um, We were closed then, Jonathan, for about nine weeks or so. and then we decided to, to reopen in early May um, as a takeaway, takeaway only model. So our, our, I guess our model beforehand, Jonathan, would have been a, a sit down model um, and very much of the, the kind of community kind of space where everyone could come in, hang out. We did a lot of, we'll say, share tables, communal dining. Obviously, that was all scratched. Um, so we just had to do a little bit of rethinking. Um, our team were fantastic. So we were quite, I guess, quite dynamic in our in our response. Um, and yeah, we reopened six days a week um, in May for a takeaway only model. Um, so yeah, a little bit different, but we, re-adapt, we adapted our menus and we kind of put our heads together and we, we kept going. So we had a, a busy summer, thankfully, Jonathan. Yeah, well, you kept yourselves busy. When you say you redesigned yeah. your menus, what did you put on it? So I guess with the takeaway model is all about speed. You know, when people when we're sitting in, we do a lot of you know we work on our plating. People are coming in for an experience. They're in for an hour. They're in for. But with the takeaway model, it's and I guess with with COVID, it was getting people in and out fast. Um. So I guess our chefs 
a chef's and I just put our, our heads together and we came up, we adapted our menu, our sit-down menu to, to a kind of more speedy model. So rather than having, we'll say, your, your funky eggs on toast, we did things in baps. So things that would travel well, people could bring them in their car, could bring them home, um, could eat them on the go. I, so yeah, so, did... Soggy toast was never good. If, if you yeah, got the toast no. home, it wasn't great. If that's a reflection on the cafe, not a reflection on the car Soggy journey. Soggy sourdough, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now that you've done that, how did customers respond uh-huh. when you reopened? Because look, I mean, let's face it, you could yeah. have stayed closed and, and uh, it wouldn't yeah. have been good for the soul, uh, pardon the pun. No. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you decided to reopen it. How did the customers embrace that when, when you did open the doors once more? Yeah, Jonathan, we were overwhelmed with support. It was absolutely just, yeah, mind-blowing that the feedback we and the support we got. I guess we were lucky, Jonathan, unlike some other businesses maybe, that we, we were already open kind of two years at that point. Um, and we built, I guess, quite a big community in Balancholic. We have an awful lot of regulars, a really good kind of local following. Um, so people really came out in their droves. Like the first few weeks were just, like there was queues around the corner every day socially distant queues now I might add um but we were yeah we were really blown away it was really heartwarming actually it had been obviously a stressful few weeks you know um Mm -hmm. for us being closed as it was for everyone but that that response was just yeah blew us away so the summer was really busy Jonathan okay well your ethos is a little brightness in your day and I have to say it's kind of the brightness is is streaming out of you even at a distance as we are but that said we don't know what we're facing into. There could be another no. lockdown. In fact, by the time uh-huh. this actually goes out, there may be another yes. lockdown. I, I, are yeah, you prepared for that? Have you steelied yourself for that possibility? Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess we have, Jonathan. Uh, another, another, I guess, change we made, Jonathan, um, we closed for a week at the end of August and we reopened in the 1st of September, actually. So we're back to sit-down service again. But we did a lot of, um, I guess, rejigging and remodeling of our cafe. So we used to have, we'll say, a giant share table in the middle where, you know, customers could come in and share people on their own could just jump up like on a bar really um so that we removed that um we've changed our counter area and we've actually now got in a takeaway window hatch which is proving really popular um so those few bits i guess means that should we have to go to a takeaway scenario again um we, we do have that takeaway hatch now which enables us to kind of even be more safe so so so, so as long as you as long as you are allowed to you're going to keep going you're going to keep trading yeah I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we've we've had a little bit of a chat this week with our head chef John and our our, um, our other chef Miguel about how we'll how we'll face it, and I guess it'll be reverting back to what we did before. Um, yeah, just doing our best. Obviously, ideally, we don't want to do that, but it's a very it's a very uh, yeah real kind of reality. Yeah, if it has to happen, happen, it has to happen. Uh, your, yeah. your menus, when you have menus, and I know obviously it's a challenging uh-huh. time at the moment, but your menus are all on old comic books. Did did you have a lot of old comic books, or did they belong to someone else? We did. Well, John, that's another story now. The, the old comics have now been removed as of COVID, unfortunately. We've got our nice wipeable, <laughs> wipeable um, um, menus at the moment. But prior to, to COVID, yeah, we, we had heaps of comic books we would have gotten from, from customers, from family. We went to kind of um, vintage markets and things. And um, yeah, it was... Uh, I was living in Australia a few years ago with my husband, Jonathan, and there was a cafe there that did a similar similar um, idea and we just loved it. So that's, we kind of nicked their idea. Um, so we ran with that for the first couple of years and it was real novel. People used to get a kick off seeing the comic books, you know, very nostalgic. And also kids, kids love them too. Yeah, well, but, and, um, and an old fella like myself yeah. seeing an old comic. An old fella, exactly. Seen, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it, it had to be good. There's all sorts of very green cafe. There's lots of greenery around. Yeah, and and yeah, is, is that very yeah. much in keeping with being good for the soul and, and nice and relaxed as you eat your breakfast 
I think so, Jonathan. So that the, I have to um, give the credit for the plants, lovely plants to my mom, Rose. Um, she's an avid gardener and retired a few years ago. So she's been keeping on keeping them going um, since we opened. We're in, it's, we're a lovely southwest, southwest facing cafe, gorgeous light. So it's the perfect conditions for, for the plants. So they are just, yeah, they are our kind of pride and joy, really. They add a lovely sense of, I don't know, sense of healthiness and kind of, good feeling to the cafe so we're definitely very proud of them yeah well i'm definitely going to have to get out there at some stage to try the all-day brunch which i think you do on a, on a saturday just for those of us who might yeah. start late the odd time but the rest of the time yeah. tuesday to friday <laughs> open eight to four and again yeah. on saturdays good for the soul.ie is the website address sarah cotter whatever happens in the next few weeks keep the lights on and keep trading and we oh. will talk to you again soon we will do jonathan thanks for having us and we hope to see you out here soon the only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business. Now, I can't believe it's actually a year since we spoke to my next guest who uh, was putting out a very similar call to that which she is doing now. Miriam Cronin uh, from the Sprint Accelerator Programme at Gateway UCC. How are you? I'm good, Jonathan. I'm good. Um, we're, we are um, recovering from the COVID closed down, but we are back up um, in operation. All our companies are back here working from the university um, we ran our sprint program right throughout the um, shutdown and we're open for business and um, doing OK. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, boy, we were a hell of a lot more comfortable a year ago without knowing what COVID was going to do to us. But it, it did presumably throw up a bit of a challenge. Uh, if you say you're all back in, that means at some stage you were all out. Yes, yes. The university had to close down on the 12th of March, um, as was um, the government directive. Um, but we kept open our client companies that were um, in essential research that was feeding into the COVID solution. So we we were able to keep the, the, the premises open for those companies. And we'd have a few companies feeding into that. Um, and the other companies then have been all back on site since June. And, um, you know, we, we've had, you know, a lot of uh, different stories from different companies and what, what's been happening to them. But um in in general we're doing okay um we uh lost one or two companies during the the shutdown but we also gained four companies during the shutdown so uh, well that's uh, and that's brilliant to hear because i mean to remind people who aren't familiar with sprint sprint really supports early stage startups from entrepreneurs researchers based in ucc uh, and ucc helps invest in those companies so that they can go on to do great and incredible things even during a crisis that's right that's right we would be supporting on the sprint program it which was developed by gateway for the research community to um bring the technologies out of the university and into commercial use so to bring kind of um i suppose medtech devices to market and into the hands of clinicians where they can actually create impact we're living through a very weird time, uh, as we've referenced, and as everybody who's listening knows, uh, the, the scientists you have, this this is really a great time to be involved in, in science and in startups, because nothing spurs people on to do things in that particular world better than a good crisis. Oh, absolutely. And on, on the Sprint programme this year, we have a very vibrant group um, that are involved in very exciting um, technologies that are uh, groundbreaking, really. We've got companies that are involved in immune technologies that would boost the um, host immunity, particularly in the area of inflammatory and autoimmune diseases. Um, so that would be... Which uh, is, is yeah, very relevant, given the, what uh, we're dealing with with COVID-19. Of course, the reason you're on, Miriam, is you are looking for new applicants, aren't you? You're looking for uh, more people who are either based within the university or in this type of field 
who might want to come and join you. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we have a number of, as I say, this year, we have lots of really good companies um, that will be, I suppose, spinning out of the university in the next couple of years. Um, and um, we're, But we're always looking for new recruits for the new um, programme that we'll be running, which will commence in January. This We're, we're almost um, three quarters way through this year's um cohort. And uh, as I say, we're looking forward to some really uh, groundbreaking technologies coming out um, in the area of um, cancer research and um, say in the area of, of, of breast cancer research in particular. We have a company that will be creating a solution where we'll have point of care diagnostics for um, biopsies for um, breast cancer. So you will know uh, whether you're um, uh, whether you are a candidate for for cancer or whether that the tumor is benign at point of care, so that you know you will have better outcomes for the people that can get through the system quicker if they have um, uh, tested positive, but if they test negative, that at least you have a. I suppose. Yeah, you've got your mind point, and you can relax. Yeah. Absolutely. How do people qualify to get involved in um, the sprint? So basically, we take researchers from right across the university that are working on cutting edge technologies, and we uh, work with them and uh, we we support them in an, in an entrepreneurial environment, an ecosystem that brings them right through all the areas of starting a business and bringing um, a technology to market. So we'd help them then with their business strategy. They're they're building a business plan. They're creating a brand. They're working, um, getting finance into the company, working uh, to get the um, pitch to investors. Uh, We help them with all their legal requirements, their regulatory requirements, their revenue requirements, and just bring them, um, I suppose, uh, we work with case studies as well. So we support them in that we show them companies that have done this before and and their outcomes and how they've started, scaled, um, succeeded and sold on and created value and wealth for themselves and also got, um, I suppose, products to market, um, med tech devices into hands of clinicians where they can actually make a difference. Okay. That's fantastic. And again, it's it's really cutting edge stuff. And, and fingers crossed, we'll have great success stories spinning out. Is it all a bit weird being back, Miriam? Um, and, and again, we're conscious that we don't know how the next few weeks are yes, going to roll out. As I was speaking absolutely. to our last guest. What's it like being back in UCC? So, um, the, the, it, it's a very different campus, as you can imagine. The students haven't come back, but we were all supposed to be back in this Monday. But they um, obviously, with the restrictions put on us, um, that, that didn't happen. Uh, we're looking now for um, in, in three weeks time and hopefully numbers will have, um, you know, calmed down a little bit at that stage. But but we, we you know, we're, we're just doing what we can. But most if all the companies that we have have all come back and they are working from campus. Um, obviously, we're all taking the precautions that we need to do and social distancing and and hand hygiene and, and all of that. Um and we have the the colleges actually, uh, you know, buildings and estates have done a great job in making the uh, college as COVID um, proof as they can. And we have one way systems and uh, protocols and procedures um, and, and the companies that are back, um, they're probably, you know, 
we're probably at a third capacity in that only maybe the staggering people coming in, shall we say. Not everybody is in all the time. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. And again, you can understand that. How can people get in contact with you, Miriam? What's the website address? Um, so it's www.gatewayucc. Miriam Cronin, head of Gateway UCC. We'll talk to you. Maybe you never know. We might talk again this time next year. Excellent. My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Every episode's on redextra.ie. Myra Hayes-Goff was the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.